Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! What's up, my nerds? Welcome back to the show where we talk nerdy and we talk ministry. We are in week three of our series on music and the movies. We started with Alan Silvestri. Last week was Hans Zimmer. we got another one for you today. But before we jump in and before I reintroduce our guest for the month, I want to remind you guys to make sure you're leaving us reviews everywhere you can find them. If you're listening on Stitcher, leave us a review there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Um, you can even leave us a review on Facebook. Like That's helpful, too. Wherever you find a spot that says leave a review, please do it. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Leave us a great rating as well. You can support the show at patreon.com slash nextgennerd. Uh, one of the rewards on there is uh, when I'm watching the movies, getting ready for the episode, that I will do a live stream where you can watch them with me. That would be, you could join in on that. Uh, also, you can join the conversation at facebook.com slash nextgennerd, and we'd love to hear from you guys over there. So we are in week three, and I'm here with my buddy Lance. Lance, what are we talking about today, man? Hey, we're talking about James Horner, uh, one of the real greats. Um, he's also one of a couple composers we have coming up here who have um, passed away. Okay. So the the first two we talked about with Alan Silvestri and uh, Hans Zimmer are still plugging away and um, still doing their, their thing, but uh, unfortunately, James Horner... Um, passed away, I think, uh, 2015, and um, but he had quite a legacy before he uh, before he left this world. Okay, so uh, what were some of the movies that we would know him best for? Um, so f- for me, I, I guess probably the the biggest one is going to be Titanic. Okay, and Avatar. Okay, so uh, he's we talked a while back about some people who just kind of get associated with the director, right? James so Cameron there, James Cameron, exactly. So he, he did quite a few of James Cameron's things. Um, he also did uh, Aliens, Star Trek Two. Uh, he did Apollo 13, Legends of the Fall was a really beautiful soundtrack, uh, Jumanji, Rocketeer, and a couple of the great 80s uh, uh, fantasies, uh, Willow and Krull. Ooh. Two, uh, well, I would say uh, Krull in particular, beautiful movie, great music, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those ones that was like, all right, kids, I remember watching this. Let's go ahead and, and, and watch it. And and they're going, what's happening? Don't know. Don't know. Um, Willow is one of those that I, I still enjoy uh, still watching now, which they're coming out with. It's either a TV series or a, or a sequel. That's right. Uh, yes. Which the, uh, the the viral marketing for that is fantastic. That was. Uh, it was yeah, Warren Davis, and he's going – and they're like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm in the movie. I'm in the movie that you're doing the sequel to." Um, but again, uh, I, I, I'm listening. I, I, you say Willow, and I immediately start hearing, uh, especially the music at the beginning and the end, where he's leaving home and coming home. Uh, again, fantastically beautiful movie. Yes. Um, but when my wife goes, "What the heck is happening here?" It's like, just, just stop. Just enjoy it with me for a moment, and then we can watch what you want to watch. But just, just bear with me. Uh, so yeah, so, so. Tons of credits, tons of great credits. Um, uh, I seen, I have seen articles on aliens everywhere, yes, everywhere lately. So I don't know, I don't know why all of a sudden it's it's coming to the top. Maybe I looked at one, and so the algorithm now says that's all he wants to read is stuff on aliens. Uh, but uh, but wow, okay, very nice. So uh, definitely heard of one or two of those. Yeah. Uh, what is our what is our theme for today? So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, plagiarism and specifically self-plagiarism. Okay, plagiarism and self-plagiarism, all right. All right. So this is, this is kind of tricky because I'm, I, I get to kind of almost 
angry on behalf of composers, not like they need me to do this for them. But you do anyways. Right. Which is, like, when you have people who couldn't compose anything, like they couldn't compose Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, um, and yet want to say, like, oh, well, this sounds like something I heard a while back, and therefore it has less value. Right. Or it doesn't, they they didn't have as much talent as someone else might have had. And this kind of, I suppose, goes back to the fact that, you know, at a certain point, you're pretty much going to have almost every combination of melody possible. Right. Right? And that's out there somewhere. Maybe different instruments, maybe different context or whatever, but it, it's you're probably going to have heard that somewhere. So you're on Team Vanilla Ice then, on Vanilla Ice versus <laughs> Queen. Is what, is, what, is what you're yeah, saying? Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, <laughs> and this, I hear you. I really hear you. <laughs> but if you, if you when approached with it, it would say something to the effect of, oh, no, that's totally different because we have that little ding yeah, right, at the right, end. Right. You need to just go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if you say, like, oh, I was really inspired as a kid by the the Planets series the, the, of, um, of orchestral movements, and uh, I thought it would go really well in a science fiction setting, so I did right. my own versions of that. Well, that's totally different. Right, right, right. And, you know, any composer that is worth anything, and all these guys we're talking about would all be very quick to say, that um, they were inspired by something they watched as a kid. Or, of course. Or music they heard as a kid. And, you know, it's just, you know, if you think about how long, I mean, this is, music is going to predate the, the, probably the spoken language, certainly the written language. Mm. But um, just from the, from like the earliest times of people telling stories and people like trying to um, convey emotion, whatever, you have music and music and music. And everything is going to like be based on something that came before it. Right. So I have no problem with the idea of, saying that this was inspired by or I was influenced by or whatever. Those are fine. Um, where it gets a little bit trickier is the self-plagiarism one. Mm. And I, I mentioned this for James Horner because as amazing as he is, he's probably the number one um, person who people will point to. And uh, if I, could pro- I probably could do like a whole hour podcast on just <laughs> moments where you're like, wow, that, that really sounds like what you did in a movie two years ago. Right, right. Um, but... Um, Again, I can't. I, I'm not going to blame him because, like, you know, this is brilliant stuff. I, I couldn't come up with this, but um, he also does work it into um, its moments, right? It's not like entire themes. It's just you know, a certain instrument that he used in a certain way. A certain horn rip sounded like really the same as it did mm-hmm. in another piece of music, and uh, so it's. Uh, again, I guess it kind of goes back to the, the question we asked earlier about comfort. Mm. You know, where if someone does hire, said, "I want to get James Horner because his work on Aliens was amazing." Right, and you say, "Well, okay, well then, if, if you like that, <laughs> yeah, let me give you something kind of like that." Right, right. And uh, so, from a point of view of uh, a person who's being contracted to provide music that's not like this is not my movie, this is you know James Cameron's movie. Right. Then I got to do, it, especially James Cameron, I got to do what James Cameron wants. Right. Right. <laughs> Which I'm sure, if, if he did not have that attitude, he probably would not have continued to work for James. Of Cameron. course, of course. Right. So, in, in that sense, I think it's very smart. And he still comes up with very, very uh, creative and beautiful pieces that fit the moment. And that's, I think, the important part. So you're, you're talking about plagiarism, self-plagiarism, and, and, you know, musical influence, and you are what you listen to, and all those things. And, and, uh, and I wonder, is that safe self-plagiarism because he's being lazy or because he's found things that work? And some people will say that. You sure. know, and so, so I'm thinking like, uh, like an athlete. An athlete's not necessarily as creative as a music composer, but there's definitely a creative art to I'm thinking like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's shot. You know, mm-hmm. he worked on that and found this is what works, and we don't go, he did the same shot like 10 times <laughs> in a row. And he's like, yeah, and I scored 10 times in a row. You know, and so if it was a uh, – 
you know, in, in that instance in particular, it's not necessarily a copy. It's just this is what works. This is this is this is who I am. This is what works. And you go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And if that's the, and it's hard to figure out, and we won't be able to ask him. But is that what James Horner's doing? Like this has worked, and this and this, and, and I wrote it. Like it was my deal. Like it's not like I'm taking it from someone else. It's the are you being lazy that right. that then you go okay, um, uh, you're you know you're phoning it in. Um, but he is who he is, you know. He is who he is. So I'm, I'm just saying that I'm going. All right, devil's advocate. Like, what what is the other side of this? And uh, again, if it's a, I didn't really put the effort in that I should have, and so I'm just pulling to the things. That's one thing. But again, if he goes, that was my favorite trumpet rip that I've ever had, and I'm going to put it in every single thing because it just makes me smile every time, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I got a bonus of eighty thousand dollars when I put that. Tr- I'm going to put it in everything <laughs> now, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's just it's just it's just fun, you know. If we're if we're trying to decide, are we um, uh, that self-plagiarism, taking our own stuff, or uh, plagiarism, let's say, um, uh, influence. Let's put positive yeah. spins on both of those. Yeah. Uh, if we're trying to decide between the two of those, I think I think they're both important. I think they're, they're both important. You know, this is this is who I am, but this is also my influences. Uh, they kind of do work in tandem. Like we've said in every single theme that we've talked about up until this point, that there is that working in tandem. Um so I'm in the middle of my master's degree program, uh, which means I write a lot of papers. Uh, and I bet if you take a paper I wrote in ethics and a paper I wrote in uh, sermon prep, there's going to be some overlap of yes. word choice and theme and layout and structure. And I'm not being lazy. This is just when I create, it looks this way. Right. But both of them are also going to have uh, plenty of stuff from outside sources that are not me. Yeah. And, and again, so it's that it is that. Okay, there's, there's, and, and you're, if you look at my paper, it probably looks a lot like papers I've read that I enjoyed yeah. uh, or stories that I write. I mean, I'm sure you've written a thousand stories in your head, and there's <laughs> probably some similarities, and you go, golly, that's a total ripoff of this movie, but I love that part of that story, so I'm going to put that in there, you know, or uh, this sounds a whole lot like this other story that I wrote. I don't know, but I, I really liked it, so I'm going to put that in there. So it's, I, I, I enjoy the juxtaposition we're looking at here because I go, that's, I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that because, it is that am I being lazy or is this just part of where I'm at? Um, and I think uh, I think if it was I think if it was straight lazy I think it was straight lazy I think it would be noticeable in the lack of credits he had moving forward. Yes, and so I think even though um, uh, so we're, we're, you know self plagiarism is the word there, I think I think he's, this is just who I am. This is my stuff. Um, because then you can say the same thing about Hans Zimmer. There's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. There you go. You go sure. that you know this sounds like this sounds like this sounds like this. Yeah, that's that, but that's me. That's why you hired me. <laughs> yes, and that's uh, all, all these composers really. There, and again, it's, it's the ones we know them for. Right, it's perhaps why we do that because right. we're like that one particular kind of sound sells well or is in popular movies or whatever. Therefore, we notice it more than well. Don't you realize they have this entire other, like ninety percent of their catalog, which right. sounds nothing like that. Right. Yeah. Right? But you know, when, when it comes to even people's reactions, people people are so fickle and they're so. Uh, uh, inconsistent with their criticisms because I, I think about like a you know a bit of a Metallica fan mm-hmm. and we think about like when they after they did uh, the Black Album which caught some flack for the commercial nature of it but it still had a lot of similarities with previous albums and then they did Load and Reload and like everybody just jumped on them for having a different sound mm. there was like some country to it there was more it was more uh, melodic and it just did not sound anything like their first you know four or five albums and uh, and they got all this kind of flack for it. And yeah, when they later on in their career, they're kind of going back to some of their roots. You know, like oh well, it just sounds like their old stuff. <laughs> There's you know, people, people are just being angry. Yes. They just want to be angry to be angry. Yes. yes. 
And I think that's the same kind of thing, though, with uh, when it comes to this, these composers, where you have um, something that they notice, and it's like, oh, I think they're almost more proud of themselves for noticing something. Right. right? Like, oh, I caught this. Yeah. Right? It's something I bet nobody else has <laughs> noticed that they right. did the same thing here as they did two years ago in a different movie. And they just want to like get some credit or something. And too, you, when you when you have a, a critical nature, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, just where you you're looking at something and 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 weighing weighing the good and the bad, you're going to find more of that. I, yes. I think about the the clips that have come out with Disney movies where it's the same cells; they've just changed the shape yes. of it. Yeah. And I've seen those movies a hundred times and have never thought never that it, because I'm I'm just watching the movie to enjoy yeah. the movie, you know. And uh, but but people who are going, well, I want to weigh this and think about it. Which is great. Are going to notice that more, you yeah. know? Going to notice that more, um, and uh, but it's still it's still fun and good. To yeah, be. and honestly, again, that also speaks to one part we're talking about, which is the work that goes into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like the work, for instance, that went into those um, the classic Disney movies. And my gosh, if I could save like yes you know, a week, yes, yes, by having a very similar you know <laughs> movement or motion. I mean, yeah, why not? Now, I picture I picture James Turner like, uh, oh, I'm hired to do this this uh, soundtrack. Good, all right. Done. It's been three days. I know. I just took my old stuff and just chopped it up and gave it back to you. Isn't that what you wanted? Uh, that would be that would be the red flag. That would be the red flag. Yeah. Like uh, at least it, make it look like you're working on something. And none, none of these guys, not even James Horner, really have um, you know completely done it. It, it always is a slightly different me- uh, melody, or it's embedded within a very different context or whatever. So there, are, there is quite a bit of differences, and you know. Like you said, it's 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 kind of ridiculous to point this out, but sometimes when you're hearing it and it just jumps out, yeah. at you, you're like, okay, that's at least an interesting observation. Yes, well, I mean, and you could do the same thing for for shots in a movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes. uh, the the J.J. Abrams lens flare. You know, I mean, it's uh, yes. it's prevalent everywhere, and you go again with the stinking lens flare. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't there, you'd be like, where's his lens flare? Like, it, it, did J.J. did he, he didn't did, direct this? That's, <laughs> yeah. right. You know, or or uh, or you know, or the or the color shift in, in Christopher Nolan. I think there's right. there's I, I think. Every artist is going to have their bits, yes. uh, you know, uh, the certain shots they like, the certain co- certain colors they like to use, the certain themes. It's it's and it's the same thing with uh, with writing. You know, if you're yeah. thinking about Philip K. Dick, who's one of the most celebrated sci-fi writers, some of it feels like one trick. You know, like it's it's the it's the same kind of thing. They're the same well we're going to to revisit it, and yet, but that's him. Like that's yeah. that's his, that's that's his that's his style. Um, so so yeah. So I, but but again, you can't go and go. Um, I think we've already been here before, uh, you know. And in some, you go, and, and in some, you look and you go, "Oh, this is you know sequel creep," or um, or you know, they're just making it bigger and bigger and bigger, and it loses its effectiveness, yes. uh, which I think is the, the the dark side of some of reusing things. But I, you know, you mentioned those movies. At no point did I listen to those soundtracks and go. Oh my gosh, this is garbage. Uh, but you know the sixth Transformers movie. You go, golly, this is garbage uh, because it's just uh, you've already done everything. And you don't know what else to do. Um, you know, Fast and the Furious is the only one that's escaped from it because they're like, we'll go to space now. You know, and it's like it's a, they're they're in on the joke. They're yes. in on the joke. But yes. uh, but you you're listening to these movies, and at no point do I go. Golly, they're phoning it in, or my goodness, I can't take another moment of this, um, which is why he's on this list and yes. not not at the bottom. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I just we're, we're going to listen to some clips here in just a minute, but uh, you'll probably be able to pick. I'm not even going to point them out, really. I'm not, <laughs> just, if you happen to notice something like that, then when you leave a comment for CJ, like uh, like I know you're going to, then you can comment. Oh yeah, I heard it. This this clip and this clip. That's what that's what they're talking about with the quote self plagiarism unquote. So, um, 
Can we cool? go ahead and uh, yeah, yeah, let's right, jump let's, in. Yeah. All right, so um, I got a little carried away. I got to tell you that we'll we'll see this more with uh, with John Williams, but. Um, this is one of those guys that, frankly, we could just do an individual movie and talk for like an hour. <clears throat> but um, uh, I'll try, try to limit this uh, for us a bit. Um, but I'm, I'm going to start um, for with uh, with James Horner um, with Star Trek Two because Star Trek Two. If, if, I'm one of those, such a huge movie bus. I hate the question, "What's your favorite movie of all time?" Right? Because um, it's impossible. I just really can't. But if I had to pick. Two, mm-hmm. and they're both going to be on this list. Not not today. One's today. One's uh, another one. But uh, it, it would be Star Trek Two. Okay. And Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Okay. And um, and I'll tell you, without the music, I don't really don't know where they'd be. And they're both great stories. They're both really good movies. Otherwise, they wouldn't be my favorite. Right. right? But I mean, in terms of like the the what the power of the music right. in those movies is just phenomenal. Mm. Um, so, um, in the case of uh, um, Star Trek II, and this, this is actually kind of a little interesting little side note here. Uh, next week's composer is Jerry Goldsmith. And Jerry Goldsmith um, was, a, was an older composer, a little kind of previous generation. And um, he actually did the music for Star Trek The Motion Picture mm. and Alien. And then James Horner did the music for Star Trek II. And Aliens. And Aliens. <laughs> so he, in both cases, he had to follow uh, um, Jerry Goldsmith and did so in just stellar fashion. Mm. If you'll pardon the slight pun there. Um, <laughs> but uh, and also in both cases, and this can be a little, kind of a reverse order because you'll have to listen to next week's podcast to catch the originals. Um, but uh, there was a little bit of an homage at the beginning, right? But then you have something that's completely his own. So mm. this first clip here is just from the, the introduction, the, the opening credits of Star Trek Two, where you have um, that uh, this familiar Star Trek theme that um, began in the um, the series, in the television ser- series back in the sixties, and it's kind of a little homage there, and then it jumps right into his mm. James Horner's Star Trek theme, which is totally different, and it's more sweeping. It's a lot. Um, it's it's to- totally different. I mean, the, the original series theme. You got the you know the theremin, you got the choir, you got the um, kind of a this is definitely from the '60s kind of sound to it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Right. Um, then you got um, Jerry Goldsmith, which we'll listen to some clips next week, which was astounding mm. piece of uh, music. And um, but it was very you know, um, uh, a march. It was you know trumpets. It was the brass. It was uh, a very very cool sound. This was more strings. And uh, kind of a more more emotional, and mm. then that way I don't mean like the other one that didn't have emotion, but this one was more like heartfelt. Mm. And if you know the context of the story of Star Trek II, it makes perfect sense um, for it to be that way. Um, so that's what this first clip is from the uh, opening credits. Uh, the second uh, two clips, I, I got this are from my favorite piece in the entire uh, entire movie, which are the Battle of the Mutar Nebula. And I'm going total geek on you guys right now. I apologize. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, like I said, it's a favorite movie. Um, but it's when they get out, um, they get off the, uh, the <clears throat> what later becomes the Genesis planet, out from underneath, and they escape, and you're trying this cat and mouse game. There's a lot of throwbacks to, like, the old naval movies, your Horatio Hornblower types. 
um, between the the reliance and the enterprise, and um, uh, just really really beautiful strategy in terms of the writing of the plot, but also the way these um, the music plays along with that. I mean, you can you can almost feel exactly what they're going through without even without even actually having the visual mm. context, just by this uh, first clip here. Several different pieces worked into it. So from that clip, you could actually, like I said, you have some, you could call it thematic, but it's essentially like a, a little melodic parts like, oh, here, oh, wait, they're escaping. So they're hopeful, but they're still concerned. And then you can kind of go over to uh, um, Khan's uh, ship and it's got like the, the minor keys and, you, you know, it's all the different pieces um, working together. And I think this is one of the brilliant parts of this piece is that it doesn't sound like, okay, I've got these 10 things I need to convey. <laughs> I'm just going to like clip them together and kind of hope they work. Like it was done in such a way that it's just, it's seamless. It's beautiful. Mm. And they really work together well. And then this, this next clip here is kind of a little later part of that same section. So again, you know, Star Trek Two. I could go on forever with that, <laughs> but um, I'm going to switch over to uh, Aliens, and uh, once again, following Jerry Goldsmith, um, and uh, Goldsmith was was really cool. We'll listen to it one clip of it next week, but um, there are some iconic parts of this um, part by uh, uh, James Horner. But we'll, we'll start with more of the throwback, the the homage. Um, I think that uh, one of the really cool things is this. Um, you remember the. The phrase for alien was in space, nobody can hear you scream. Right, right. Right. And so this idea of just alone and silent um, was a big, like, musical theme in Jerry Goldsmith's one for the first one. This one was less so because you're, right. they were never alone. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, rarely, at least, um, in, uh, in Aliens. Um, but the beginning of it, you're picking up, like, literally right at the end of the first movie, the Alien movie, with Ripley um, being picked up um, when she's in cryostasis and, and uh, pulled out of it. So you, you have to carry over musically, thematically, from the first movie. Right. And he does. And you even have a little bit of that kind of what we talked about last week with the mood mm-hmm. music as opposed to the, um, the actual themes. Mm-hmm. But although toward the end of it, you do catch a little bit of that, that one violin with a kind of a minor, sad... Um, just, you know, her whole crew, she lost them. She right. doesn't know if she's going to survive, but she, now she's asleep. And it really fits beautifully into the moment of starting the movie uh, for the sequel.
Um, this uh, the next two clips here are again from my my favorite part, which is <coughs> um, I'm drawing a blank right now. The 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 android the bishop bishop. Thank you, bishop's countdown. Right. So where they're waiting for they got to rescue Newt mm-hmm. and get him to the ship. The bishop is supposed to fly in and pick them up, and uh, all that went into that. And it is, uh, I mean, when I say iconic, I. I I'm truly not overstating things. It is iconic, and you will know when you hear this what I'm talking about. So the first clip is um, just a bit of the, um, the the tenseness, the the action that's going on. The the alien, like a few of the aliens are around there that she's having to shoot, but having to escape the alien mother that she has just torched right. the eggs. Right. Trying to get out of that, you know, you got the elevator. Got to wait for the elevator. Got to wait for Bishop, and all these things combine to make this really great piece of music here. Bishop finally shows up. You have um, the uh, the quick takeoff, and then you have the moment where they're waiting for the the entire um, area to explode. Right, and uh, that and this part, this piece that you'll hear coming up here, that has been used in I don't even know how many different movie um, previews and uh, other like uh, bits where they they didn't have anything better because this is amazing. Right, um, and it's a uh, relatively simple um, in the sense that it's you know it's not a melody. It's more of like a um, just a use of a crescendo, a use of a great use of rhythm, about um, and by by syncopating the rhythm, you have that moment where like everybody's expecting something, but it didn't actually come when they expected it, and it's a really really brilliant piece of music. So uh, those those are my uh, my clips from Aliens. Um, one of his, uh, I believe, actually, uh, no, he didn't actually win. Even though Avatar won some awards, he did not actually win for Avatar. If you are uh, familiar with the uh, the area in the Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. Disney World, you're probably already familiar with um, the Avatar stuff. But this is um, some of the music, really, really Which beautiful. I may catch flack. I don't get the hype. I don't get it. I <laughs> of, want, uh, of the section of Disney World, or no the, Avatar in general? Oh, okay. Like I'm like, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get. It. I think I don't get it. I like I watch it. Like okay, yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I, but that's just me. I'll I, I gotta play. tell you, I, I enjoyed Avatar. I did not think it was what are they up to? Like a 1.5 billion or something like that. I don't, I, don't know know. I don't even know what it is now. But I didn't think it was that awesome. Um, but I, I honestly not to greenlight six sequels yeah. before you've done the second one. Like yeah. that, yeah, this seems a little much. I, I think I felt the same way about Titanic, though. You know that it, it was a good yep. movie. Yeah. But it's just one of those. I guess both cases. It was just Leo. That's the only reason that it had ticket sales. That was it. <laughs> yeah. If it was Billy Zane on that door, it would yes. not. It would not have happened. They were. Yeah. No one's buying ticket. Second ticket to see Billy Zane drown. No one cares. Uh. <laughs> um. So yeah, but anyway, the mu- music from Avatar very beautiful, very beautiful music. It really fit the the feeling of Pandora. Um, you had a little bit of obviously Native American influence because of the very very clear parallels 
I think, somewhat <laughs> slammed over the head parallels. What are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. It's just me. I just, I'm the only one to notice this. That's, I'm just that's letting it. the rest that's of you it. in. Yep, yep. Your third eye. You caught, <laughs> exactly. that, you caught that message. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here, so here's a little clip from Avatar. Um, continuing along with uh, some of his science fiction, one of, one of the reasons he's high, I, I consider putting him second, honestly, mm. but um, second from the top, that is. Um, but uh, he has a great, huge sci-fi um, portion of his uh, uh, um, repertoire, and uh, even ones I didn't even include, like Battle Beyond the Stars. You know, he did he did a bunch, a bunch of stuff. But um, looking at, uh, uh, and again, this uh, kind of sci-fi, kind of fantasy, but crawl. Yes. Okay, so, and I, I guess probably more fantasy than sci-fi, if I had to be really, really honest here. But the same thing would be said for Star Wars. So, therefore, I'm going to roll with this. True, true. And uh, both these clips are from uh, the uh, the opening credits, uh, the opening um, sequence. And they kind of, like a lot of these do, they capture um, some of the themes that you'll hear within the movie. And uh, you have um, this really, really beautiful uh, work with um, some of the, uh, like, finding the hero finding out who he is and finding out what he can do and um, what is he going to do to be, what is he willing to do? What is he able to do to get the woman that he loves? And by loves, I mean, just met, but you know, whatever, like a Disney movie, this is just love at first sight. And um, it, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the movie though, because she is so convinced that he is going to come rescue her. And they literally had met like the day, that day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, we try not to think too hard about these things, but <laughs> nevertheless, there they are. I don't know, I don't know if you caught uh, uh, the episode we did on Tombstone, but we like it was the the infidelity. We're like, we didn't buy it. Like we we don't we're not we're not on your side. None of this makes sense. I don't I don't I don't understand. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. It's a movie. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to suspend yes. our our so belief. Yes, yeah. Yes. So uh, anyway, here's the first clip. And this, uh, this other clip is a kind of similar theme, and it, but it, they also bring into the, some of that really, really pretty, like uh, traveling. The, the, the part I'm thinking about where it actually is in the movie and not just in the opening credits is, if you've seen the movie, it's where they have the horses that fly. It's the Clydesdales that would have like the running the fire at their hooves, and they actually fly off a cliff. <laughs> and it's, like I said, it's sci-fi, not fantasy, right? <laughs> so anyway, yes. Uh, but the, it's it's kind of this really beautiful sweeping, the more strings, less less brass, and um, you kind of bring in elements of the theme that you had earlier with brass when it was all about battle and strength, and and you, you can take those same elements, put them with strings, and now it's about kind of grace and still adventure, but not quite the same um, power that you had before, which is it fits the moment. 
So it's uh, it was really cool. Here, here's that clip. Um, so uh, looking now at a couple of his non-sci-fi ones, I have to do Titanic just because he, <laughs> he did get um, his Academy Award for Titanic. And it is it is rather iconic. This is another one where we mentioned a, an episode or two ago about when you take a popular song mm-hmm. and then you turn, uh, work it into right. whatever movie it's in. We, we were talking about with Back to the Future earlier. The Who so, You Listen to the New songs, right. yeah, yeah. Now in this case, it's a little different because James Horner actually wrote the music for the My Heart Will Go On. Okay. And Celine Dion sang it, but uh, he actually... Which I learned recently, I guess she hated the words, thought the words were dumb or something. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. Listen, That's no it. one knew who you were in my generation before that song, so be <laughs> glad that you're still selling tickets. Yes. Uh, so he, so this one actually was made to work with the, the score okay. as well. So again, it, it works very nice. Uh, anyway, so here, here's a little bit of that. And you have um, noticed the uh, bagpipe in this uh, particular first clip here. And then uh, you have some other um, score from later on. I, I will say one of my, my major problems, and this is actually kind of a common thing uh, with several of my favorite scores, where a little overuse of keyboards. Mm. And it's it's particularly ones where they're making a sound that is supposed to be a facsimile of a real instrument. Like if you're doing keyboards because you want it to sound electronic, and you want that keyboard sound, then by all means. But if you want it to sound like a violin, then for the most part, why not just get a violin? Right, right, um, and uh, there there are a few of them. One of my favorite all time fantasies from the eighties was Lady Lady Hawk. Okay, yep, and, yep, yep. Uh, they had a gorgeous score from that. And there's some moments that are really beautiful, and there's some other moments where they were totally guilty of this. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I don't know. Can you not afford like an actual, or did you really like a real real instruments? Or right, did you just right. Want that sound? But there are even some times. This is where it blows my mind because if he wanted to use real instruments, he 100 percent right could have got the real instruments. Right. Um, and uh, so there are some times where yeah, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But for the most part, it's a really, really beautiful soundtrack. Um, we'll follow this up with a, a couple of uh, other ones that are very similar. One is uh, Braveheart, which is very similar, which may be somewhat related to the theme <laughs> of the day. Um, I think Mel Gibson actually even commented about this in his uh, con- in his uh, commentary, his director commentary. I actually, I had a series of about three or four years of my life where I would actually listen to director commentary. There you go. Yep. And uh, that season has passed. 
But uh, I did that and uh, listened to his, and he had some comments to say about how Braveheart came first, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but uh, bagpipes, once again, and uh, kind of sort of similar. But again, very beautiful. And, 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 and we're making jokes, but gorgeous, gorgeous right. music. Right. And I mean, they're making bagpipes sound beautiful, which is uh, impressive. Uh, yeah, all into itself. The last one I'm going to talk about real quickly is just Legends of the Fall. Um, this is one of those ones, you know, it was probably, and again, I guess this kind of depends on who you are, but probably it's the movie that made Brad Pitt a star. Mm. Um, he had the long hair back then. Right. And he had the horse. The whole scene, uh, like him riding on the horse with his, his shirt partly unbuttoned and his hair flowing in the breeze was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, he's, <laughs> next, the next star has right. arrived. Right, right. And, uh, and, of course, Anthony Hopkins was just amazing in, in, the, in his role and uh, – Really great movie, um, but uh, the, s- the score was beautiful. You know, a lot of the uh, what you the, what you might expect from something that is you know filmed out west. You have um, like the open landscapes and the the hope that is associated with um, you know getting new land and new um, uh, future. You're just building on on what's nothing and nothing. Well, except for the American Indians, but you know whatever. Except for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> But actually, even that, it really did a beautiful job of like ta- showing some of the um, the uh, different ways that people viewed the Native Americans of the time, and uh, so it it, it it was learning a lot of uh, the mistakes that previous movies made in that department, and was building on those. But anyway, the music was gorgeous, and here's a quick sample. So James Horner in general is just one of those that uh, I, I, every time I obviously haven't been able to for the last seven years because of his untimely passing. I believe it was a plane crash, unfortunately. Um, but uh, he was one of those ones where I, w- I would legitimately would go see a movie that I might not otherwise have seen mm. um, were not for him. I remember, I think Spitfire Grill was one. I, it was a good movie. I definitely would not have seen it if it, <laughs> if it had not been, oh, that's a new James Horner movie. I don't know how many people do that. Actually, go see a movie just for the the score, uh, right? But uh, I did. Well, uh, you have a musical mindset anyway, so that may be that may be part of it. You know, whereas uh, you know, others choose. I'm going to go see it because it's got this actor in it. Like right. it looks terrible, but I'm going to go see it anyways um, because Nick Cage is my favorite actor. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go see it because it's gonna be a train wreck, um, or, or or whatever. You know, I, I mentioned Star Wars, uh, you know, earlier, and you know, uh, I'll watch it because it's Star Wars. Like it looks terrible, but I'm gonna watch it because. So it's not too too outside the realm. Uh, if, if music is something that's important to you, going, I'm gonna check it out because I I appreciate this. Absolutely. Um, well, cool. Well, very nice. Uh, so that is uh, all we had to say for James Horner and plagiarism versus self plagiarism. Uh, little little. Uh, uh, 
it, it was enjoyable. Enjoyable and, uh, again, a wide range of, of work. And so that was good. Well, uh, stick with us. We've got two more composers we'll be looking at in the next two weeks. And uh, before you go, don't forget to leave us a review. Uh, give us a uh, great rating. Uh, pop over to patreon.com slash nextgennerd and support the show. Go over to facebook.com slash nextgennerd and uh, join the conversation. And all these clips, will have links to them in the show notes, so you can check those out uh, in their entirety. Uh, or just uh, add all those movies to your viewing list. Just go ahead and, and stack them up uh, and enjoy them that way. Appreciate you guys being here, and we'll see you next time on the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Mm-hmm.